All right, live BP, Coop, me, and Tom Karen of Ness and Fame, also uh, of Maine Hall of Athletic Hall of Fame fame, correct? Correct, TC? Yes. 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 Maine Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah. Maine, okay. Also, I, I, also the Portland Pirates Hall of Fame, but the Portland Pirates don't exist anymore, so I don't know if that counts. Okay, well, it's not like you can run and jump better than anyone else in Maine. So I strike the athletic portion of it, Sports (laughs) Hall of Fame. Um, Can can we just jump in with a quick story? When I got inducted into the Portland Pirates Hall of Fame, the American Hockey League team, I got a call from Ryan Mulhern, Brown University star, played for the Washington Capitals. I didn't know him. He wasn't with the Pirates when I was there. He called and congratulated me and said, welcome to the Hall of Fame. He was already in the Pirates Hall of Fame. I said, what a cool guy, you know, to reach out. He goes, and I want to thank you because now I know I'll never be the worst hockey player in the Portland Pirates Hall of Fame. So, see, I feel I serve that purpose for everyone in Maine by being in the Maine Sports Hall of Fame. They never have to worry about being the worst athlete in the Maine Sports Hall of Fame. I'm here for them. As someone who's coached against you in the great game of hockey, I know that you know <laughs> the ins and outs, by, like nobody's business. Um, right. Coop, I don't know if you know this, but TC and I coached against each other at Fenway Park. Um, media game, hockey. I double shifted Jermaine Wiggins uh, ad nauseum, and that brought us the home the win. But the real game, sport, the real winner that day was a great game of hockey. And just like was it, was it, was it really? really. <laughs> not, yeah, I don't know. Not, not really. But the real winner hockey today, game never seen. <laughs> yeah. The real winner today is the great medium of podcasting, and there is no better. So, so here's the thing, TC. I don't know if you know this, but I was I was eliminated from voting from the Hall of Fame for years upon years upon years. Right. This is I was like the burp lie leaven of Hall of Fame voters in the sense that I would never get the opportunity, but I would always bitch about it until I got the opportunity. Well, now I have the opportunity, but you do not have the opportunity. I do not. You are a Hall of Famer. Um, I've done Hall of Fame. You know what it's like to be on the other side. But you don't have a Hall of Fame vote. So I have a soft spot in my heart for people like yourself, the peons of the world who don't get a chance to check the box, who don't get a chance to go tell everyone what a flawed system is. I refuse to fill out a ballot. I refuse to vote. Oh, my goodness. Like, the, it's the holier than thou, the holy grail of, of voting for a sporting uh, endeavor. Like, I can't be associated with this. In other words, I'm being very bitter and very a lot of different levels here. But I do want to give you this opportunity. I want to put the ballot in front of you. And I want you to say, if I had the opportunity that Rob Bradford has for the first time this year, after being jaded all these years. It's your first time? This is your first time. Yeah, so now I have to tell us. Yes, I was kicked out of the organization. I was well, that's out. I have I have more respect for the BBWAA by the day now, and that's I, I I'm not shy about uh, about screaming and yelling what a flawed organization it is. I don't care if they gave me a vote this year, but if if we're gonna have a a vote a first vote, this is a good one. And I don't know if you saw, but I filled out the entire ballot, maxed out at ten guys. But that's me. That's forget about me. You're I a big hall guy. You're a big hall guy. I'm a big, small hall. You're a big hall guy. I'm not, I'm certainly not the guy who is going to say, I'm going to leave my ballot blank, which like, what is, what is happening? What is going on? I hate that. By the way, that's, I hate guys who do that. Of course. I hate them. I mean, you don't hate them personally. I do. I hate them personally. Okay. Because they, it's a personal affront. 
to the whole, you know, Dennis Eckersley said that once, and, and but, but we, you know, we talk about these committees. He's been on that, uh, and they change the name of it every year now, right? But the Veterans Committee. Veterans Committee, yeah. Yeah, but they change every year. It's like the Modern Era Committee or the Dead Ball, you know, because every year they look at a different time. But, and, you know, he said that the toughest way to get in is through the Veterans Committee because those guys are in the Hall of Fame. They don't want to let anybody else in the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> if you're in the Hall of Fame, you automatically become a small hall guy because you know, I'd rather be one of 200 than one of 400, right? Right. No, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I just, I, I just, as someone who, so the, the cliff note version of this is that I was in the organization. I got kicked out of the organization because I was, went to, had the gall to go to a fly by night thing called the internet. And then uh, I got back in 2011 with Alex Spear, by the way, he was in the same boat. We were both in the, the, the BBWAA. We're kicked out. We get back in 2011. You have to have 10 consecutive years. So you have to restart your clock. Ten years passes by. So I understand, like, it's an honor to get there. Like, it take, took me a long time to get there. I think that you guys would agree. It, it was, it's an honor to do it. So if it's an honor to do it, let's not just, number one, let's not do it half-ass, which, which they still, guys, they still do. Like, some of these people explaining their ballots, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And second of all, if you're gonna if you're gonna have the opportunity to do it, vote for somebody. Just vote for somebody. You can't tell me, especially anybody who leaves their ballot blank now, and this in what might be the greatest class of all time, potentially, is is just not doing their job. Anyway, I've gone on my rant long enough. It feels good. Well, but before while we're ranting though, real quick. Yeah. Uh, Back to your original about the BBWAA and I, whether or not they want to give you a vote. I mean, that's really, I don't care. Uh, but the, the fact that they still, it's, I, I really don't like the system. I don't think any of us do. Um, you know, and, and you know, you've talked to people involved in the other hall of fames. Uh, I, you know, Ron Borges used to tell the stories about the, the football hall of fame committee. And, you know, you go in a small room and you spend the weekend and you sort of lobby for the people you think, and you all come to a consensus and they come out with a hall of fame class. Hockey is pretty similar. Harry Sinden, you know, Harry Sinden will single-handedly keep out a Canadian. If it's, you know, I'll trade you this guy, as long as you don't put him in, but at least it's a dialogue and a discussion uh, the, the whole you know, we, we like you said, people grandstanding with by not putting anybody in on the ballot. Uh, the fact that you have to be a writer to vote, like so, Bob Costas can't vote because he he. And I mean, who does more? Who knows more about baseball than Bob Costas? And I I could be wrong, but I assume he's never had a vote, right? Because no, he's never been a no. member of the BBWAA. Vin Scully never right. got it, to vote. The whole on thing baseball's so, Hall of Fame. TC, the whole thing is so antiquated where. You know, I've sat in meetings, usually at the meetings at the winter meetings, back when we had winter meetings. And, and for instance, they were like, well, should we let the MLB.com writers in? And some people stood up and said, no, we can't do that. It's a conflict of interest. And those same people are collecting paychecks from MLB Network. Like, right. what? It, it's... It, it, but so yeah, unless, unless you go after the commissioner, then you won't be collecting a check yes, from the MLB yes. Network. Cool. Cool. Before I get TC's uh, official, unofficial votes for the Hall of Fame, from your perspective, what are you, 25, 20, what, what are 24. you? 24. 24. Good, uh, good eyeball there. Uh, well, no, I figured it out. I, I did the math off of our previous podcast. 
So, uh, also, by the way, it's uh, first ever Fenway game, TC. First ever mm-hmm. Red Sox game, he said. Want to feel old? Oh, yeah, I was excited for that. Uh, so, my first ever Red Sox team, I actually have the ticket behind me there, signed by him. It was uh, Papelbon's debut. Papelbon's oh, debut. Oh! So, not to make you July feel old 31st, there July 31st, 2005. Yeah, yep. there you go. It was the uh, first Manny communion Manny being Manny. Manny with a walk-off. Yeah. At oh, the end of the night. You. Look at you. We th- wow. He didn't, wasn't in the starting lineup because we thought he was going to get traded that day. And he pinch hit and uh, hit the walk off. And uh, Eric Freed was the sideline reporter. And Eric Freed uh, got Manny in the walk off. And it was the first time I've ever heard him say it. Manny said, yeah, that's just Manny being Manny. Want to send everybody home <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that that was where it was birthed. Wow. Yeah. There you go. So many so things were born that day. Your, your love for Fenway Park and Manny being Manny. So there Just you go. A quality day in history. So my son had been born that day, but but earlier, not on that day, but that date, July 31st. My, oh, really? my son was born on the trade deadline, which is unfortunate because I haven't have been home for his birthday in a very long time. But I'm awesome. sure he'll get over it. Well, many yeah. many a trade yeah. were also born on that. Oh, day. it's that's a great thing too. And you know, well, why they trade no more? They traded this. like <laughs> every year they would trade his favorite player on his birthday. It was just you, yeah, you know what else? Thing. We also thought the day will go down for some of the best trade deadline shows in the history of television. There's no doubt. And uh, rest in peace, Nick Cafardo, because uh, nobody, nobody, I mean, we should, we should have stopped doing the show uh, after Nick passed because nobody was, he would literally just hang on a second and walk off set. Like who does that on a live show? And then like be in the background on the phone and then come back at, yep, looks like they've traded Manny. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I guess we'll stay on for another hour. Uh, well, Nick although you were pretty good this year, don't get me wrong, you yeah. were you were outstanding this year. Okay. I, we had more laughs this year than than any other trade deadline show in history. Way to pump his tires there. Uh, the and literally, half, there was nothing to talk about. It was literally so it was two and a half straight hours of just yeah. talking. And think about yeah. that, like in TV, that never happens, right? That's right. It never happens. I mean, I'm. What you, was that? What was the story? You what was the story you had to get on? Somebody, oh God, I can't remember. It was just such a great Rob Bradford story. <laughs> and it was somebody with the same name of somebody else. I don't remember. Anyway. It it filled it filled eight minutes. The producers <laughs> loved it. So that's that's all that matters. So right. Coop, before we get TC's official unofficial vote for the Hall of Fame, from your perspective, as a 24-year-old, you look at the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame voting. Maybe we're two guys who are looking at this all bitter and saying, oh, you know, they're doing it all wrong or this or that. What's your perspective of it? As far as, you know, specifically well, looking at the steroid well, era, guys, like, or... You like say, hey, this is this, what a stupid process this is, or do you think it's still value? No, so I think it's a terrible... I mean, I, my undergraduate degree is political science. So I'm kind of one of those guys that's just like, we got to defend democracy. And this is the worst form of democracy where you arbitrarily pick people to vote. Um, It's just, it's not democratic at all. And I know I have seen that term thrown around where like, this is America's game. This is America's, you know, hall of fame. Uh, So we got to do those like American like ideals. And it's just like, that's not American ideal to just have random people, you know, willy nilly voting and sometimes not even voting. Um, so I, th- I think it's a terrible system. I do like how the, the football hall of fame does it. And, uh, I, I didn't know that the hockey hall of fame does it the same way where you bring in experts that were actually in the league and really know what they're talking about. Uh, not a slight at Rob there saying that you don't know what you're talking about, but I think a lot of guys are 
kind of out of touch that vote now. Well, so Coop, since you're since you're a poli sci guy, I mean that this whole is there should be a move. As you were saying, that I was thinking, you know, this whole redistricting. Can we redistrict some of the voters? Do out? a little I mean, cracking and packing. Tip. Yeah, you know, and bring the filibuster back and uh, and get Rob Bradford's vote taken away from him. I think that could Rob be can have, vote. or maybe he'll lose a district. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm okay with he that. He only Humble votes him for nine. Bit. He only gets to vote for nine. Yeah. I, I am. I'm a huge proponent of the electoral college implemented in the in the Hall of Fame vote. Um, but I would say this is that the other the other part, and I have to sort of dance around this a little bit, is that there are so many people voting for the Hall of Fame who I'm very good friends with, who haven't covered baseball in so so long. I, I mean, it's and they tried to like sort of cut it down a little bit a couple of years ago, but I mean, you had people, you have people who probably literally never watched a baseball game in the entire year because they're off covering other things or doing other things or retire or just totally separate from the game. So that's another thing. So was it, was it Dan Levitard who let his listeners vote on his oh, ballot he, one year think, and then he got he taken away his vote? He got it taken. No, I, I thought, no, but yeah, but I thought it was because he just had a show where they just had people vote and that was his ballot. Like yeah. they literally, it's a great four hours of radio well, you, know, you this is the people's election. Here we go. I'll be honest. I don't hate that, though, because right. then you, you're letting fans get like a decision on the sport that they like. Can we go back to the all star ballot where you sit there in the game and punch a little hole and that's who you pick for the Hall well, of Fame? See? There should definitely be. I agree with you. There should definitely be other other um, parts of the voting. Like it's all right to have the writers vote, but you're right. Have the have the electronic broadcasters vote have maybe have some element of fan voting, have some element of certainly some element of people who are in the, are uh, in baseball vote, like all of it. What's wrong with that? Nothing, nothing. So pull anyway. back the veil, pull back the curtain. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, and here's another thing is that it's just like this stodgy. I mean, they do themselves no favors. They do themselves no favors by, having these holier than thou sort of explanations. And, and, you know, so I did, when I had my vote, of course, everyone knows that, you know, when you have your first vote, you have batting stance guy reveal your vote for you. Right. I mean, it's science, correct. But, you know, listen, he's great. I had a lot of good time doing it. And I'm thinking like, why do more people do like, have a little fun with it. It's okay to have fun. Baseball isn't boring. There you go. There, there you go. Hey, there it is. Quote that. Clip it. Clip. Put it up on the socials. Oh, there you oh, go. There it is. All right, TC. Let's go. This is your big opportunity. All these years, all these years of complaints. No one's ever asked me. All these years, and no one has ever no one has, asked. Has, me people to, have. Has, have you ever formally disclosed a ballot? No. Perfect. No. No one's ever asked. Well, I am asking, Coop is asking, which, we are which asking. We'll, we'll factor into the fact that I've given this no thought. So there you go. Uh, you have the list in front of you? I do. I have the list in front of me. You have, and, okay. uh, you have 10 votes. You have 10, 10 people you can max out at. Yes. Um, go ahead. And in full disclosure, Jonathan Papelbon was supposed to be with us. So that, that may have changed how I voted for him. He found out that I did not vote for him. Uh, I just thought, yeah, I hope he gets his 5% so he he's can not, stay he's, there. But he's got, he has probably not going to. I don't even think he has 1%, does he? He's one vote. Yeah. Guy from Toronto. Uh, 
See, and, and again, real quick, Gary D. Sarcina, the year, you know, and former Nesson analyst. Uh, and, and now, he, where is he now? I just, he's somewhere at Baltimore. He left, he's not with the Mets anymore. He's not. Washington. Washington, I think. Anyway. Major League coach, uh, but, but he was an SNA analyst for a long time. His name appeared on the ballot for the first time, and he didn't get a vote. And I, I one of the texts in the course of my life, I regret. I thought it was funny at the moment. I, I text him, hey, you and I got the same number of votes in the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, he didn't think that was funny. He didn't like that. I, I thought it was funny. There you go. He's a UMass, he's a UMass Hall of Famer. Before, before you divulge your votes, uh, yes. I would ask both of you this question. Say you had a vote. This is another big debate. And you, you know, you get along with somebody, you're friends with somebody, you've covered someone, you like them, you know, they're not a hall of famer, but you're like, ah, I'll throw them a vote. Like I'll throw them a vote for me. Like it, obviously in the ultimate test for me was Mike Lowell was on the ballot. And I would say I wouldn't vote for Mike Lowell. And it was, I, I can't do that because I look at it as, it's, it takes so long to get this opportunity to vote, to have this honor. I, I, devalue is a strong word. I agree. You know, no, so, I agree. But, you can't but throw it away. Do, people do that. I mean, I know they do. Sure. Yeah. Sure. They, and George King left Pedro off the MVP ballot. We, I mean, we, people do weird things with, with ballots, right? I mean, we know that, yeah. you know, so. But yeah, you're right. I'm with you. Don't you can't devalue. So, right. so I'm not going to throw Jonathan Papelbon or Jake Peavy on my ballot today, just because I think they're good guys. Okay. okay? All, right. All right. So I will take this seriously. All right. We begin with David Ortiz. Uh, it's a to me, it's a no brainer. I I assume how many uh, you guys were saying he got one vote. So how many of the ballots are now public? I don't track that. Yeah, you know, I was keeping so, tabs of it um, early. I have Thibodeau's website up right yeah. now. Uh, 144 uh, public ballots with eight on uh, anonymous right now. So what that's, percentage, okay. that's what about 38.8% per- of the votes. All right. So about a third in. Um, okay. So uh, David Ortiz, uh, yeah, we, we don't need to spend time on that. I think anybody in anybody in New England, right, I think, or at least the five and a half states that matter, forget the Yankee half of Connecticut. Uh, but, but they would understand that David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer. To me, it's a, it's a no-brainer. And if you're even on the bubble – it's uh, the, the postseason stuff has to, to be put them over. And if you're getting caught up in the DH, well, that's ridiculous because Edgar Martinez has already paid for those sins. OK, so Edgar Martinez already cleared that barrier. So David Ortiz is number one. And, and I also think that the reason he's doing so well, a huge part of this is because the last time we saw him, he was awesome. Like Ian Brown right. just wrote a story right. on him last year. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And and like that's an impactful thing. It wasn't that long ago where a lot of these voters, last image they have, this guy did not sputter to the finish line. And I no. think that's that was pretty important in what's going on now. And as you know, doing it with with two feet that needed hours of, of treatment just to get on the field. And, you know, I'll never forget, it was late in the season and, and we did the big documentary with him and it was before a game and he was David Ortiz. So he's 45 minutes late. So it was like, you know, four something when he showed up. And it was supposed to be an hour and he's David Ortiz. And so it went an hour and 45 minutes. It's like, you know, I, he's going to be late for the game is in my mind, you know, and, and, I'm, and he leaves. And I was like, I, I feel awful. I've, and he went out and he went two for four with a home run and a, a double. And, you know, so it, it, the, his ability to compartmentalize everything he was going through that last year and, and have one of his best seasons. 
Uh, you're right. That's the, the, the final, um, the reminder. Uh, okay. So from there you get into steroids right now. And again, uh, he was on the O3 list, but, but that shouldn't matter when the commissioner himself absolves anybody on that list. I, I will take the word that that was supposed to be an anonymous list. It wasn't really testing. There's no vetting that went through that test. So I, you can't, I don't think you should or could hold that against David Ortiz. Do you hold it against Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, and the list goes on and on. Uh, I am not Schilling. I'm sorry, Clemens, uh, Roger Clemens. And, and I do not. So I think, especially in the case of those two guys, and, and again, we are left as voters, and I'm a voter for a day, uh, to to use what we saw and what we believe, and I believe that Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds were on their way to the Hall of Fame before whatever point they used performance enhancing drugs. Uh, I think early on in their career, it, it is it is I believe fair to believe uh, that they weren't using, uh, and they were amongst the best players in the game. So I put both of them in. I put Barry Bonds uh, and Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame. Though I am not proud uh, of that, but I think uh, uh, if you're not going to leave me, the voter, a clear framework, if you're going to leave it to me, I'm going to go by what I see on the field. And I put both of them in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I put Kurt Schilling in the Hall of Fame, even though he asked not to be on the ballot. Uh, and and uh, again, uh, being here, covering his career, watching what he did in the postseason, and that can be a little bit nebulous when you're putting together your voting. Uh, I think Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Famer. I would vote for him. So I believe I'm at four. Scott Rowland, I believe, is a Hall of Famer. Ooh, so all right. The first, the first one is semi-controversial. Well, and we can get into that. Uh, but I, I put him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, that is number five. I put Billy Wagner in the Hall of Fame. Uh, again, that's a, uh, a tip of the cap to Jonathan Papelbon, who is going to be on today. Closers don't get their due. Much like designated hitters should not have their position held against them, I think closers should get more respect. We know some are in the Hall of Fame. I think more should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and, and honestly, as I'm thinking this through on my feet, uh, I, I get a little tougher after that. So I've got six that I would put in the Hall of Fame that I've thought over the years. I do not put A-Rod in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and, and again, uh, that is... Uh, probably why I don't get a vote because I just told you that I put Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame. Uh, to me, there was a blatancy about you know the, the whole Balco thing and the blatancy of the performance-enhancing drug involvement in A-Rod's career is, in this case, to me, too much. It's the same reason I would not put Manny Ramirez in the Hall of Fame. Uh, a repeat offender, uh, even though uh, numbers that would probably deserve more consideration, I do not. So those are two, uh, just so it's clear, it's not all, yes, Red Sox, no Yankees. I do not Very put Manny board of you. in the Hall of Fame. There yeah. is whatever the line that I have uh, created uh, for the PED users. Uh, I've given you two that uh, cleared the line, two that have not uh, cleared the line. Um it, the two tough ones for me are, are Andrew Jones and Todd Helton. Uh, Andrew Jones, uh, for a long time to me, uh, I, I, if the Red Sox had gotten him, and I know for a long oh. time they wanted him, uh, well, I think he, he would have been a slam dunk Hall of Famer had he got. Well, when they almost got him, though, that was later. There was the first go around where they, where, where Theo, you know, if you were around 
his guys. They talked about Andrew Jones all the time, what he could do at Fenway Park, right? But that um, was the, that was the trade. It was uh, Craig Hansen was going to go to the Atlanta Braves. That's right. Yeah. Right. So right. anyway, go ahead. Continue. Uh, but I, but I, I, in the end, I don't think I put Andrew Jones in the Hall of Fame. I think I'm a no on Andrew Jones. Uh, Todd Helton is the really tough one uh, because the numbers uh, clearly, and, and he was a guy who, who for such a span was, was such a feared hitter. Uh, but I just can't discount the, uh, the Colorado effect. And uh, I know, you know, the, the humidors came in at the end, uh, but the park adjusted stuff just stops me. So I say no uh, to Todd Helton. And I'm trying to look through uh, the notes that I threw together. Um, I think that's it. Am I at six? Well, I, so there was not one name that I voted for that you didn't mention. And, and I respect, TC, I like you personally. I respect your opinion, even when Thank you're you. wrong. It's your prerogative to be wrong. Um, but uh, there's one name that you didn't mention who I voted for, and that's Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield, yeah. And Sheffield was the next guy on my list. Uh, and, and when I originally thought, when you asked me to come on this and I thought we might go down this path, I sort of laid them all out. And I had Sheffield in originally, uh, but then as I took a deeper look at Jones and Helton and said no to them, I found myself not being able to say yes to Sheffield if I wasn't putting those two guys in, if that yeah. makes any sense. So I, I guess in the end, I'm a middle hall guy, not a small hall, uh, but not as big a hall as you. Uh, and so my list this year would, in, would include six players. I think the average hall. Yes. Average hall. Yes. Yeah. Well, wow, that's, that's spicy. Um, but it, I think that you make a good case and you can dig in on your case, which is important, right? Like I can't, I don't begrudge anyone who doesn't, don't, doesn't vote for the hall of the, the, performance enhancing guys or whatever it is. I don't begrudge anyone who doesn't vote for Helton or, you know, or Wagner, you can make the case. Well, Wagner was a one inning guy who, you know, and, and the analytics will show you that his one innings a lot of times weren't very high leverage one innings. Um, I don't begrudge any, but as long as you can make the case for it, like some of them, some, some of the voters, they don't make strong cases for them. So I guess Coop, what I would ask, is that from somebody who is watching this unfold, history unfold, and TC giving his Hall of Fame ballot, what was your takeaway? Uh, I, I agree with a lot of it. Uh, so That's the ultimate I like you personally, but. <laughs> you want, should I log off for a minute so you guys can talk Just so we can yourself? discuss this, then see where we're going with the future of this whole thing. But yeah. so growing up in that, and I think baseball is a sport, and as like a, like you professionalize it and everything, it's a really cool thing because you're taking something that you take as a child, like that you do as a child, and you're making like a profit off of it, which is amazing. And when you look at the Baseball Hall of Fame, a lot of it is kind of cementing and telling the story of how you grew to appreciate that game as a kid. And I think when you have guys that are submitting blank ballots, that's a slap in the face to me because I grew up in that era and that's when I kind of learned to appreciate the game. And I understand that, you know, the way I watched it was pretty muddied and you can look at, there's evidence that, you know, it wasn't just the players. It was also really being proliferated by uh, people that knew what was going on and they didn't really want to expose it because they knew that baseball was thriving off of that. Um 
So I don't think you can fully fault the player on that. It's definitely not a great look, but it's also part of the storytelling. And I, I, I think it's tough to be able to, like, you can't, I, I remember staying up to watch Barry Bonds, uh, like, break the record and see him play in the All-Star game. And that is something that, you know, if I ever have kids, that's a scary thought. But if I ever have kids and I bring them to Cooperstown, I would love to be like, hey, this is the game I grew up watching. And I hope that you have like some type of type of experience where you can learn to appreciate this game. And I think that's the point of the hall. So I think there and we bring up like the whole democracy point and how it's like even if it's good voting or not good voting. And at the end of it, I think like the blank ballot is like a slap in the face because who who are you to tell me that the way I watched baseball was incorrect. And so I agree that uh, A-Rod, Manny, as much as I love Manny, um, after the whole steroid thing blew up and after there were repercussions that you were very set clear, um, I think it's a blemish on them. I think like once everyone was in agreement that you can't really be doing this anymore, that's when the hard line kind of falls and that's when you fall off a ballot. So I, I, if I had a vote, I would probably leave A-Rod and uh, Manny off of it. JC, if you would like to take that clip and put it on Nesson, um, you, are, you, you, you have our copyright agreement because that was very, very well said, too. And oh, I, I, often I feel like I have verbal diarrhea, so no, no, I, I appreciate was, I, that. It was, it was articulated very well. And, and also coming from a perspective of like the, the meat and potatoes of the guys that you're talking about on this ballot, you're right. Your generation, you came up with these guys. These guys were the reasons why you fell in love with baseball for a lot of, in a lot of ways. And you know, for us and for a lot of curmudgeons, they're like, "Oh, I just look at it as look at these guys. They, it's, it was just another era. This this era isn't like the Jim Rice era. This right, era isn't. Right. And this is why I like. This is a flawed way to start my Hall of Fame uh, conversation, but I do it anyway. For position players, I look at top 10 MVP voting because it just shows a dominance in the air. You can take away the That's number. Right. Um, right. Anyway, Coop, that was... Yeah, it. David Ortiz, right? His first five years in Boston was top five MVP. Uh, nine out of 10 years was an all-star. I mean, it's a, you know, and, and again, that's a Jim Rice, right? The decade of dominance. Uh, it's why Dwight Evans should be in the Hall of Fame, yes. right? As, as you know, the, the home run leader in the 80s. Uh, by the way, I, I put six on the ballot. I forgot. I want to write in Pete Rose. Is that allowed? Is there a uh, right? I don't think so. I mean, you yeah. can do anything. Uh, that's Shoeless the Veterans Joe. Committee. We'll put you on the that. Veterans Committee. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Um, so that's it. I mean, so and, and so I had six. You had ten. Uh, I assume from your reaction, you did not vote for Scott Rowland. No, I did. Oh, you did? No, I oh, just, I, I, that was the one like, a year ago. If you asked me, I said, no way. And then you do a little bit of research. Yeah. It's like the, the – the Scott Rowland argument is always when people bring up his name, they're like, yeah, he's not a hall. I, I watched him play. Was, and, but if you look deeper into it, like the, he's a war guy, he's a war guy where he's a war guy. His war, 70, I think is 70, he's a, he's a 70 war. Yeah. There's nobody with that level of war that isn't in the hall of fame. And so and I'm not, a, I'm not a huge war guy. Okay. I, I what I don't like is it's that sort of attempt to make baseball a video game where you can just have everybody have a power score. Uh, and, and, but, but it is a tool. And, and when you look at everything else and, right. and the glove always played, right. Uh, and this guy was a, was a 
was a two-way player. This guy could do it all. Uh, but when you look at that war and what he was able to do over the course of his career, it, he belongs in the Hall of Fame when you compare it to other people's numbers. Yeah, and, and the, the one guy that I left off in was probably Andrew Jones. And, you know, it's funny because we had Alex Coron at the end of the year, and we asked him this question. Say, hey, you know, we look at the ballot. Who do you think is getting sort of jaded? And he brought up Jeff Kent. And you know, Jeff Kent's, like, legitimate. You know, he's a legitimate yeah. guy. But he, like, he was a dominant guy. And, um, and he's not getting nearly as much buzz as some of these others, certainly as much as Andrew Jones or, you know, Sheffield, to me, like, I – it's a, it's a longer conversation, but because I think there's a lot of those guys who are right on the fringe who aren't going to get in. Um, but still it is, somebody said this, that can you imagine if, if all these guys that we're talking about get in, like how awesome a ceremony that would be. I mean, oh. I mean, and so this is the last question I would leave you with because we're running out of time mm. here, but who would be the guy, the one guy that you would say, I want him in because I want his induction speech? Well, Bill Lee is the first name that pops into mind, okay, just because uh, I've never seen Bill Lee talk where I didn't just, you know, cry from laughing. Uh, maybe, I mean, maybe we're going with this ballot, Manny, right? Yeah. I mean, a, a Manny speech would be, I, I would, although, you know, I mean, he's kind of become contrite and not nearly as uh, Manny as Manny used to be. So I, I want, I would want Manny in, but I want Manny from 20 years ago doing the speech. Can I, can I ask for that? Now, do you think work? he, he's kind of become reserved though, because he realizes that uh, he's got an image to protect now? I, I, I think part of it is he'd like to get in the hall of fame. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he comes I, out. I, I also think, yeah, but he found, he found religion and, and some things, that's true, you yeah. know, I think he, he's, he is repentant and I think that's legitimate. I think he's, he has apologized and he means it uh, for some of the things he's done along the way. So I, I just think he would not be as outraged. I mean, he's probably a better person today than he was then, hmm. but uh, I, the outrageous, uh, I, I want, you know, I would want the full Manny uh out there on display and by the way just i know you the the, the orchestra's playing and it's time to go uh but the uh, you forgot my one biggest bona fide wise beer because out of all of us here i'm the only one who has ever had his name mentioned in a hall of fame speech okay mm -hmm. jim rice mentioned me in his hall of fame speech all right so oh, oh there you go wow. I, my name has been uttered uh, on induction day in cooperstown so now, does that transcript get uh put into cooperstown it is the most played clip in Nesson history. I, whenever we have a rain delay, I make them show that whenever there's anything. Uh, again, we get, do we have time for a walk-off story? You have time for Not one really. quick story? We have okay. like one minute. So, so day, uh, the day he gets inducted, he calls into our show from Cooperstown because our pregame show was on before the induction. And the phone was breaking up. And, and so I say thank you and I say goodbye, but he was still talking apparently. And, and somebody calls and he hands me the phone and, and Jim's yelling at me, how dare you hang up on me? I was gonna mention you in my speech, now I'm not. <laughs> then I go back, I watch a speech. He mentions me in the speech. And as soon as it ends, as soon as Ricky Henderson's done with his speech, my phone rings and it's Jim. Goes, ha, ha, ha. Like he's that cool that he punked me on his hall of fame day. So there you go, that's the Jim Rice story. He dresses cool and he is cool. You guys are he cool, well. all right, we gotta run. Hey. TC, congratulations on your Hall of Fame vote. And Thank cool. you. If elected, I will not vote. Uh, excellent. Excellent job, everybody. All right, guys.